as we all know, food delivery services let you order whatever you want to eat with just the click of a button. So burgers, pizza, sushi, a dish from your favorite local restaurant, whatever it may be, they all arrive right on uh, your doorstep. You don't need to dine in or even drive anywhere to pick up the meal. Now, of course, this type of service uh, has grown, especially uh, during uh, the pandemic. And there's lots of apps you can use to, of course, order the, the food. Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash, HelloFresh. Now, besides ordering from known restaurants, there's been a proliferation of ghost kitchens, also known as dark kitchens. They're commercial kitchens that have been set up for food delivery services. You're essentially opening a restaurant without opening a restaurant. Uh, there are many of these so-called ghost dark, dark kitchens in Vancouver. Now, Wow Bao, an Asian fast casual concept from Chicago, is entering the local market. Joining me now to discuss the growth of dark kitchens is Jeff Alexander, president and CEO of Wow Bao. Jeff, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So tell me a little bit about your expansion into Vancouver. Sure. So we are a Chicago-based company here in the United States. started 20 years ago, coming this August. And we've done sports stadiums, college campuses, airports, music venues. And in 2019, we had the idea that other restaurants could sell our product out their back door on third-party delivery as a new revenue stream. And we started to build this idea out, and then COVID came. The pandemic started in March of 2000, and, rest, and uh, restaurant dining rooms were shut down. And we expanded over the next three years. We opened 700 locations between the U.S. and Canada. It's interesting because for years, our number one most requested franchise location was, has been Canada. All over Canada, people have been asking if they can open this brand up there. And since the, uh, the, the pandemic, we've been able to expand into that region. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, explain to me how the concept specifically works. I think people generally know what a ghost kitchen is, but walk us through what a ghost kitchen is and also how your particular model works in regards to using up free uh, kitchen space. Sure, thank you for the question. So we actually refer to ourselves as a dark kitchen program, meaning that there's unutilized, underutilized or unused space in an operating restaurant's kitchen, which is dark, right? That area is not being utilized. Mm-hmm. And we believe we can give the operator a way to turn those lights back on and actually use that kitchen. So our product comes from the United States, fully cooked and, and shipped up into Canada, where the operators then, the restaurateurs, finish off the product. They get it through distribution channels and they finish it the exact same way we finish in our restaurants. Everything is steamed which is the cleanest form of cooking, also the easiest, you're just boiling water. And the food is then prepared on site by the restaurant to be transported out in delivery. Uh, the broader issue of the um, a dark kitchen, the virtual kitchen, whatever you wish to call it, is the industry still uh, growing or, or, or sort of did it peak during COVID or is, still, is there still room for further growth? It's so funny, that question, because I get asked it a lot. And I sort of consider ourselves in like the second inning of a nine-inning baseball game. It's like we just, as a child, we like literally just learned how to stand up and we haven't even started walking yet. I mean, that's how young this notion of virtual restaurants is. I understand that it exploded over a three-year period, and now people are like, okay, I'm going back to regular business. But the explosion is just the beginning of what's coming and delivery is not going anywhere. The generation that's up and coming based on how they utilize technology, 
wants what they want when they want it. They want to just push a button, have food delivered to them or whatever it may be. So delivery is absolutely going to continue to grow. You look at the large companies, DoorDash, Uber, Skip the Dishes, and so on. These are not small companies. They're betting the farm, and they're going to con- continue to innovate and evolve their offerings, and they need more products to be putting through their system. So I 100% to believe that we are in the very early stages of uh, the virtual space and will continue to see incredible uh, advances in the space in the coming months and years. So in this case, do, do one of the representatives from your company go to a restaurant here in Vancouver and say, look, do you have free kitchen space available? We'd like to uh, to utilize it. We believe that uh, it's a win-win situation for, for obviously your company and for that restaurant too that may have that free space. Is it a case of you sourcing out these restaurants? You know, we've been very fortunate over these three years that it's been all inbound queries coming to us, and we have not had to put a sales team out there knocking on doors and calling up and asking. And the the number of units we've launched uh, north of the United States here has been a very large number, and it's all been inbound, inbound inquiries coming to us. So we've not sent anybody uh, to Canada. All of our training is done virtually, including we do uh, Zoom walkthroughs of the space prior to the product starting to be served. We look at their, we make them cook food for us uh, over the internet, so to speak, where we're watching it. We look at their setup and we go through all the safety and, and protocols to make sure that the food is being done the way it's supposed to be done. Mm. Uh, now, in this case, uh, Wabao is uh, an Asian fast casual concept. Does that mean you will deal with res- Asian specific restaurants because of uh, what they ha- what they have to steam, or it can be anywhere? It's anywhere. I actually try to avoid partnering with Asian restaurants only because once the product arrives to that restaurant, we don't want them selling it on their regular menu. So we partner with, yes, we do Asian food. Yes, we do sushi, but we try to do as many other vehicles out there because there are many more other types of cuisine. Again, our food is just steamed. So you don't require woks. You don't require kitchen hoods. You don't require anything from a ventilation standpoint. So literally anybody can turn this on because steam dissipates after 10 feet and myself included, even I can boil water. So it makes it very easy to produce. Uh, How much of an impact, walk me through what COVID did for your business a little bit. So prior to COVID, we had about 11 people in our corporate office, our home office here. And we had one location running this idea for us. That was January of 2020. And then March 17th-ish here in the United States, they shut down dining rooms. And at the end of December of 2020, you know, eight months later, we had 170 so locations. And we added another three or 400 in uh, in 2021. And now we've done over 700 of them. And really what it is, is we had this idea before COVID. I think that's very important for your listeners to understand. Mm -hmm. We thought about the mom-and-pop coffee shop that only has two day parts, no third meal period. We thought of ice cream uh, places. Here in Chicago, it gets very cold in the winter, and ice cream sales go down, and how we could help someone selling ice cream. We thought of hotels where they have an entire kitchen and a room service staff, but nobody actually eats inside restaurants and orders room service. And we thought of catering companies and how they have a full kitchen, but they literally have business one night a week. And we could give all of those people another revenue stream. And our goal is for every one of our partners to do $2,000 a week in sales. That's $100,000 a year annually. And based on the metrics we put together, 
they can keep 40% of that mm -hmm. after all expenses are paid. They can pocket $40,000. And that's, you know, rent. That's management. That's hourly employees. That's food on the table. If you have five restaurants or 10 restaurants, you can make half a million dollars in cash by partnering with us. So it's really a way that has helped restaurants survive. And that's why we had this growth, this unheard of, unexpected exponential hockey stick growth because of the economics positive and the fact that people had no other way to sell and they can only sell so much of their food on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. The last piece I'll put on that is because it's Asian food, not everybody can cook Asian food, right? There's tricks to the trade or there's certain flavors or training that's to be done. Because our food is simply steamed, anybody can offer it. And it gives it a lower competitive set. So when you open up the third-party delivery apps, there's not as many Asian restaurants as there may be hamburgers, pizza, chicken wings, and so on. Uh, now, Jeff, uh, the bigger issue of Uber Eats and Skip the Dishes, this business model of yours wouldn't work without these delivery services. I'm actually really amazed at how popular these app-based food services, um, at its core, I mean, in your mind, what's driving this? Is it just simply just the issue of convenience? Yeah, well, uh, make no mistake about it. I fully believe and will scream from the rooftops that these third-party delivery apps save the restaurant industry. Without them, we never would have been able to survive because we could not get food to people. Furthermore, the reason why they're doing so well is nobody knows what Wild Bao is. There's no storefront. All these virtual restaurants that people are running, there's no way to tell people you exist except for on the third-party delivery apps. So when you ask, you know, how do they keep going and what's going on, I fully believe there's a convenience factor. It's a one-stop shop. You know, for instance, for instance, here in the United States, I shop a lot at Target because everything you need is at Target. I don't need to go to three or four different stores. Mm -hmm. Target does grocery. Target does convenience. Target does everything you need from life to death you can get at Target. So it's one-stop shopping. You open up Skip the Dishes, you have this me literally a menu of multiple different ethnicities and restaurants and flavors to be searching from. You don't need to go anywhere else. And now, as the restaurant tour, we want you to order from wildbow.com. If you go to wildbow.com, you can type in your zip code, and we'll show you where the nearest location is. You can order from it. We prefer that. That's better for the, the individual restaurant to work. And we recognize that consumers want convenience. They want that one-stop shop. And that is why you'll continue to see the growth of these companies as they, as they add more opportunities for the consumer to enjoy, whether it's alcohol, whether it's uh, uh, shipping, whatever it may be to their platforms to continue to keep people staying on the app for as long as possible. Uh, so, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really quite surprised. You still think, even with all this growth that we've seen over the last few years, particularly with the, the pandemic, you still think we're in inning two of a nine-inning game? Uh, 100%. I mean, look, think of any product out there that you, that you live and die by, or even just think of any restaurant that you go to all the time. If it's only been two or three years into it, it's not old and stale. You still go to that favorite restaurant. You're still buying that opportunity and being part of it. Now, look, it's the job of the restaurateur to continue to evolve and innovate your menu to keep you going back to that one particular restaurant. But the idea of delivery and virtual, I'm telling you, there's going to be so much more to come, whether it's from drone delivery whether it's from the ability to order from multiple restaurants at one time and not have to order from multiple restaurants, but you can do a one-stop shopping at this and that versus going back in and out of the app. 
I think you're going to continue to see incubation and trial and error of, and error of restaurant concepts that are going to start in this, uh, this capacity and then grow. And then think about it outside of just ordering on your phone, but think about how the virtual dining experience can translate to food service places like healthcare facilities and manufacturing plants and schools, how all of a sudden you have a full kitchen in your college dorm and they could be running seven or eight different types of cuisine just on the, on the college campus. There's so many different ways. Think of it in an airport. Imagine a communal kitchen in a sports stadium where all the food's coming out. If you really think about it, if you go to a sports stadium here in the United States, they have a concession stand that makes hamburgers and hot dogs and pretzels and popcorn and all these different things. You can make that same environment with all these different menus coming out of it to be delivered across the stadium. There's so much opportunity. I, I, I personally am extremely excited for the next, you know, three, four, five years of the, quote, virtual space as you see new innovation and new technology and new evolution of the idea continue to grow. Jeff, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, and I hope everyone goes to wowabout.com and tries this out.